What's up, what's up? This is not just a strength coach podcast. In this episode, we're going to have a fantastic coach who um, brings a lot of knowledge and experience to our profession, but also just in your daily personal life as well. Um, what you're going to get from this episode is uh, very important to me, and I'm pretty sure it's important to a lot of people as well. Um, that's mainly the reason why I took a lot of time off. Um, just to, you know, um, find more coaches out there that I haven't had the opportunity to talk to and um, just connect and just, you know, pick their brain a little bit and see where they're at as a coach and as a person just in the society we live in. So this episode right here is going to be a real good one. Just sit back, relax, and just tune in. First off, um, I'm Courtney Tabron. I am currently a coach at Longwood University, um, assistant sports performance coach. I work with uh, women's lacrosse, uh, field hockey, both men's and women's cross country, and women's basketball here. Um, and uh, I'm originally from Wilson, North Carolina, um, so the 252. I, uh, mm-hmm. I grew up there all my life. <laughs> uh, I uh, end up going to college at East Carolina University. Um, for soccer. So I spent four years there playing soccer there and earned my bachelor's degree in exercise physiology. And uh, that's kind of where I grew to love the weight room, um, had a little taste of it uh, as I was preparing for freshman year um, at a local CrossFit, the only place that had bumper plates from where I'm from. So um, I uh, kind of grew to, to love it there. And then it really kind of solidified um, while I was at East Carolina um, and kind of got to shadow my coaches and um, and shadow other teams while I was there in between classes and practices and lifts. Um, and then once I graduated in May of 2018, I went on to go to Liberty University to earn my master's in, uh, well, it's human performance now, but um, human performance with uh, Cognate and strength and conditioning. Um, and while I was there, I was able to uh, intern with the Olympic sports side um, over at Liberty and basically shadow intern and help out with all the Olympic sports over there um, in their Olympic sports facility. Um, And didn't really get a lot of football experience, but I got a lot of of, um, experience elsewhere. So able to be be there for a year. And then after my first year, I saw – a job opening at Longwood, which is probably about an hour away from Lynchburg, um, and mm-hmm. um, got the job. So I, I came here and, and did the rest of my master's online while I was my first year of coaching. And so now I'm entering my second year here at Longwood and um, finally got my master's in May. So this past May of 2020. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's what's up. So, uh Let's dive a little bit more into your time at ECU. Um, as an athlete, how did you see strength conditioning starting out and compared to how you how you see it now? Yeah, so um, so uh, a little, like I mentioned before, I had a little taste of, of what um, the weight room could really do for me as I was preparing for our freshman year. Uh, basically, they sent us this huge, thick packet um, – full of exercises and runs and whatnot. And so I just kind of 
dove right in, um, did every single thing that was outlined on that packet. And, uh, and I saw what difference it made for me, um, just as I was training in the summer and then playing pickup, going to practices, um, throughout that summer, it just kind of elevated my game. Um, and for me, uh, it wasn't really a natural thing to go and do all these extra training sessions by myself. Um, mm-hmm. I was always heavily involved in track and field and, and basketball and soccer year round. So if I wasn't really in soccer season, I was in basketball. If I wasn't in those two, I was in track. So the extra sessions to really train sport wasn't um, something that I did. So now that I was kind of focused on soccer and, and focused on the weight room and what they had outlined for us, um, I was able to see what the extra work did for me. Um, just as um, strength component, um, injury prevention component, and just how I was able to get even more conditioned than I already um, already was. So as I went into my freshman year, um, uh, well, I guess along the whole course of my career at ECU, I had four strength coaches, which as an athlete, it, it may have uh, not been the best for me as far as year to year having some consistency. But looking back as a strength coach now, I was able to be exposed to four different styles of programming and um, culture trying to be um, kind of cultivated in the weight room and all that good stuff. So looking back, it was amazing. But um, freshman year, it, it really helped me as far as an uh, injury prevention standpoint. Um, I was much stronger than a lot of the freshmen, uh, my other freshman teammates coming in, um, which kind of helped my resistance to injury um, kind of be above the average. So noticed that right off the bat, like I was able to withstand a lot more load. Um, and obviously then I didn't really know what, you know, what the specifics were, but looking back, I was able to kind of withstand that because of what the weight room did, did for me. And I fell in love with it. I mean, each and every year going in there, it became, um, much more of that stress relief and, and that place where I could really just, um, use the weights to refresh me, um, where soccer was that at one point, the weight room became that for, uh, for me um, pretty quickly and, and even more so throughout the years. So um, back then I saw it as something that I could go to succeed, really do well in, like I really performed well in the weight room um, and kind of have my happy place. And now it's more of the same as my happy place, but I see it as something even more than just in, injury prevention and something that I'm really good at. Um, it's, it's much more as far as culture and what you're able to do with student athletes in there and um, how you can really um, help the confidence of some student athletes in the weight room. Um, so many different more, um, more ways to go about it than just those two that I kind of experienced uh, firsthand as a student athlete. Right. And, uh, man, that's crazy. You had four strength coaches. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like golly. Um, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around that right now. It's like, <laughs> like, like, I can only imagine. Like, you know, I mean, yes, it's consistent to have a strength coach there, but like a different person with a totally different, you know, way of programming and training. Like, oh, right, right. God, I can only imagine. But, um, how did that? Geez, four coaches. How did that affect you as an athlete? Like when it came to trust and understanding and adapting to a new training stimulus pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, 
the the first part of, of trust that was huge like we I mean coming in um, freshman year we had basically a football guy that happened to work with women's soccer and I believe he had another team um, and I can't recall but basically we were we were trained just like that trained just like football guys would be trained and um, we uh, we packed on the muscle pretty quick as, as soccer players and we uh we did all the same like fitness tests that the football guys did and all that and and then the next year you know my next coach was like well you know I'm all about developing the student athlete and I want to go through you know these types of phases and you know have a year-long annual scheme going and Mm -hmm. um you know and the next one was basically like you know I'm a baseball guy but you know here's some things I can help you we're going to Olympic lift here you go and threw us some sheets and then the last guy same way but each of them had their each of them were very passionate about the weight room so for me um that was a great thing like they loved what they did so Mm -hmm. me knowing I kind of wanted to get into it um it helped me um just kind of see like all right I can trust this this coach they have their different way of going about things but it's working like every every everything that we did I improved in some way, um, whether it was speed, whether it was my overall conditioning, whether it was my strength or power. Um, so I'm not to say that, you know, they contradicted each other at all, but the trust issue between, oh man, like another coach is leaving us or another coach is switching teams. And like, it, as a student athlete, it kind of felt like, shoot, no one wants the women's soccer team. Like we must be yeah. a pain. Um, <laughs> which uh, looking back, we probably were, I mean, you know, knowing soccer athletes, we don't like to lift. I'm probably, you know, the only one probably out of my four years that actually love going to the weight room. Um, but the trust, it, it was kind of, that was a, a thing that crossed our minds. But for me, just having the opportunity to learn from someone new to see what they, what they deemed important um, compared to the last mm-hmm. coach and, um, just over the four years, um, it was really cool for me. Um, and, and as far as the training stimulus, yeah, it was, it was a variety. I mean, it was, it was a lot and they all had different, different ways of going about training us. But, um, at the end of the day, I think, I think I adapted well, personally, I think our team adapted well, um, being a team that wasn't really in the weight room a lot to a team that would, you know, be in there three times a week, um, all in in season and out of season whether that was recovery or you know actually getting a, a real lift in I think it helped us as a team um really become more injury resistant over the course of my four years there so um yeah the trust issue came in and the stimulus was the or the stimulus were um were different but overall I think it it um it was a benefit to to me personally and for our team I believe Right. And I'm going to try to stay on this subject just a little bit longer. So with uh, you having that many uh, coaches go through your program, would you say ECU, uh, I'm not trying to be like super offensive, but like, would you say (laughs) ECU uh, pretty much gave the athletes a disservice with the or I can't blame ECU either, but like when it came to the lack of consistency with coaches, because 
it's not only ECU. There's a lot of schools that just it rotates a lot of coaches because you know the pay is bad or mm-hmm. it's just too much, too many sports for one coach and stuff like right. that. Um, mm-hmm. What would you What would you say is the reason why the coaches rotated so hard like that? Like I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it, like <laughs> four coaches in four years. Like right, right. It was uh, it was pretty insane. I wouldn't want my um, students to go through that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and and that's that's a good point, and and you bring a, a fantastic point of, it does happen more often than we would probably like, and that the student athletes would probably prefer. Um, but looking back, well, I'd say my perspective while in it, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it it it, for me, it was different because I love the weight room, so I didn't really. It wasn't a big like, oh man, this is terrible for like it wasn't like that. But I think for my yeah. team, um, knowing that most of them didn't enjoy the weight room and didn't truly see its value, um, it kind of pushed um, my teammates away from the weight room, um, bringing up the trust factor again. I think uh, just understanding the new coach's philosophy, understanding what the new coach uh, valued and, and their priorities. I think it pushed a lot of my teammates away from wanting anything to do with the weight room because of the inconsistency of, you know, quote unquote, coaches wanting us or coaching coaches wanting to train us. Now, um, looking back, you know, and, and how each of the coaches kind of left, you know, the first coach, like I said, was a football guy. He ended up leaving ECU after having a, a quite a few years there um, for another opportunity. Second strength coach, she came in um, and she worked with us. I mean, I, I loved working or I loved all of my strength coaches, but I loved kind of seeing her because she was the first female. So her like seeing her was a big plus for me. Um, and kind of interact with her. Like she kind of had a different style uh, from what the rest of the strength staff had. So she didn't really, mm-hmm. I don't want to say she didn't fit in, but at, from what we were able, were told as student athletes, the fit wasn't the greatest among the um, strength coaches there. So she left for another opportunity to finish. I believe she finished her, went to go on to get her doctorate or something um, in exercise science. So kind of like a pit stop and then, the third one, he was there the entire time um, for our first two years, but just trained another team, a uh, baseball guy, and he just had an incredible opportunity that kind of fell in his lap, and he left. And then we were kind of with our last dream coach for about a year and a half, um, which is the longest we've had anyone. Um, so with that, I mean, did they do a disservice? Yeah, because we, we really just kind of fell at the hands of whoever – was willing to take us but looking back I mean I think the strength coaches that I I had just had really good opportunities that they couldn't really pass up on um and the timing the timing of it was just bad and that's just for my four years I mean um at this point I think now that we're in 2020 the 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 seniors now at ECU have had the same strength coach for their entire career so it just happens to me, my, my four year stint. I don't think, um, <laughs> you know, for in for my freshman that or the the freshman that kind of came in with me, but um, a disservice maybe to some degree. But with me being a strength coach now, I'm 
I value that um, and am thankful for for that at least um, from from my perspective now. Oh yeah, I mean, regardless, it's it's still a blessing to have that opportunity. That's yeah. why I always try to tell people, you know, try to take the positive out of situations like that. Right. But um, you hit on something that um I really want to talk about a lot more now, just because it's. I feel like there's a trend going on and I hate saying trend because it's like, you know, after a while it'll go away. It's just right now it's the hottest thing out. It's uh, female coaches right now. Um, you know, I was exposed to it when I was an intern at State, just okay. at the Olympic side, because I worked with football and all I saw was men coaches. Mm-hmm. And then I had an opportunity just to, you know, pop my head in. It was my first time seeing, uh, I think it was a female intern, and I want to say it was a female full-time, and I was just like, this is new. This is awkward. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Um, I'm happy. You know, I'm glad that, you know, this is possible, but, like, I'm pretty sure y'all have hoops and hurdles to go through just to prove yourself worthy or whatever. And I I take offense to that because I always compare it to, you know, how, how things were. And, like, how people want to be, you know, stuck in their ways and stuff like that. And I'm just like, nah, like, you know, with what you said, with, you know, when you had the, uh, was it the second, second strength coach mm-hmm. you had was female. Like, right. that you were, you were, you know, motivated, encouraged, like, inspired, like, all those things. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I want our athletes to see. Like, yeah, we got men's sports, but there's also women's sports, too. So, like, why, why would we, you know not take on someone who looks like they're athletes that they're going to be training with the majority of the time. And right now I just see this trend and I hope it stays for good and doesn't freaking die out. But like, <laughs> I like seeing, you know, women coaches that are in, you know, that position of leadership because that's, that's how it should be because it's not only men playing sports. Yeah. We want to, you know, say like NFL and NBA is, you know, the top sports and stuff like that, but that's because we made it top sports. And we, we haven't given the opportunity of women actually, you know, leading those sports, too, because uh, I forget who I was talking to. They were like, you know, we see a lot of men coaches like um, what were we talking about? college, college basketball, women's mm-hmm. basketball. We see a lot of men coaches, but we don't see that on the flip side. And it just it just like smacked me in my face. I was like, man, like that is true. Like, can you imagine yeah. like seeing like you know, freaking uh, uh, um, a female head coach at Alabama, like instead of Nick Saban, it's his wife or somebody like, like you can't see it. But like, I, I'm thinking about that now. I'm just like, why can't that happen? Like, right. I'm pretty sure she could be, you know, just the same, if not better than yeah, Nick right. Saban, you know, no offense to Nick Saban, like, he go. But like, I'm just saying like, you know, we got to give opportunity to, to everyone and anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think um, even like I mentioned before, um, when when I saw that um, she was, you know, our our strength coach, um, when she came in, I was like, what? Like, this is insane. Like, I I had no idea um, that females were in strength condition. Um, and even like as a, you know, as a freshman and she came my sophomore year. So even as a sophomore, like knowing I wanted to do something in health and fitness, not really sure what it was kind of 
already gearing my mindset towards, oh, well, you're going to have to go private sector because you've been, you know, exposed to the weight room in your, you know, at your own college and you don't see a woman anywhere near except 18, you know, um, that's the only thing that you see a female near, um, as far mm-hmm. as the health side of things as a student athlete. Um, so for me, when I saw her, I was like, what is going on? And she probably thought I was crazy. Cause I was like, Hey, how did you get to where you got to be? Like, how did you get to here? Cause I want to do what you do. This is sick. Like, I'm like, are there more like you? Like, you know, it's almost like, you know, where, where is the, the hidden link where I can see all the strength coaches um, that are female? Um, right. But like she, she kind of, she led me to some good resources and connected me with some great people. And then um, my other strength coach that I, that was there when I was, I think it was my third year strength coach. He connected me with some, some female strength coaches. And then all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, I got added to a group message and there was like, a, like 200. And I was like, Whoa, I have never in my life seen any of like, I, I, you know, even researching my own, you know, my own, um, Google searches, I haven't mm-hmm. run into so many female strength coaches and seeing more and more come about, um, is really encouraging because even for me, I didn't see that many in 2015, but now yeah. I'm running into more, you know, in, in my own conference, in our own state, in our own region. I'm able to connect to way more female strength coaches than I think were even, you know, here when I was in undergrad. So it, it, it is, I hope it, um, in your words, a, a trend. I hope it, you know, keeps trending in that direction as far as more females, seeing other females and being encouraged and inspired to um, come into this profession and, and not seeing it as a male dominated one, but seeing it more diversified in that way, um, with males and females and not just strictly in Olympic sports, right? Like, you know, about some football females and some basketball and, and, and all of that. So, um, I hope, I hope that just like you said, you know, it encourages and inspires our student athletes seeing a female, um, and seeing more than one would be even better, you know? So, yeah. I hope that trend keeps on rising as well. Right. And, you know, that's the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because, like, I'm I'm working with uh, women's sports now, and I'm just like, I only know but so much, like, you know, like, I, I need, you know, help from other people. And like, I can't ask another man, like, you know, how to deal with, you know, women's sports or, you know, this, this athlete, and, you know, she's a girl, and I – like, nah, like, I can't come to you asking questions when, you know, I I can go to a woman who's been in that situation, been a former athlete or whatever, and can actually help guide me and be a better coach to, you know, further help that athlete I'm dealing with. And I, I see so many coaches just be hard-headed and be like, nah, like, you know, it's my way or the highway type stuff. And I'm like, that's the reason why, like, we're stuck in this, you know, mentality of, of you know, I would say most coaches understand now that they don't have all the answers. But, like, when it comes to stuff like that, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, we need more female coaches, point blank, period. And if you got a problem with it, this is probably not a profession nor environment you should be around. Because dealing with these athletes, like, th- like there's guys I don't need, I can't even, like, rock with and mix with because we don't have the same background, like, 
How do you think, you know, I'm going to rock with uh, a female athlete, you know, 10 toes down, and I don't know their background or anything. I don't know what they're coming from and stuff like that. Like, you know, I only know what I know. It ain't much about females I know much about. Like, I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. But, and they, they know, you know, that well, all athletes, they know your intentions. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, you get to that threshold of like, oh, like I've never been in this situation before. Like, you know, she's going through this. Like, I can't handle that because I've never gone through that. And, you know, I can't call my mom on this. Like, you know, like <laughs> it's situations like that. I'm just like, this is the reason why we need to have more um, female coaches be a part of not only, like you said, Olympic staffs, but also football and basketball stats because there's also I know there's a lot of male athletes that don't want to admit it but they will talk more to a female that's in a leadership role or not about their issues and things and how to get motivated and do better things in their sport than you know a a male coach and they don't want to admit it but it's it's (laughs) definitely true and it's definitely out there you know I I bumped into a few already and I'm just like imagine how many of those guys or athletes in general are out there thinking the same thing. And it's just oh, yeah. the they they feel more comfortable talking to the other sex or the same sex or whatever. It doesn't matter. But like we gotta give those athletes the opportunity and the access to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And and something that I've um I've kind of picked up on just with, you know, being a year and some change here at Longwood is um I have so I have the th- one, two, three, four female teams. Um, so I have cross country, blacks, field hockey, and women's basketball. And seeing, um, obviously, I didn't know what it looked like before I got here. Um, but being able to um, uh, be a be that person or be that woman for my female student athletes that they can come to. Um, you know, maybe they have you know, the male coaches as their head coach or assistant coach. And, or maybe they feel like they kind of uh, need someone to talk to, express something to um, concerns, like having a female on in the strength and conditioning realm. Right. Um, I think it helps Mm -hmm. in a variety of ways, not only like, Hey, I'm here if you need me, like, yes, you know, you have your coaches, you have your ATs, whatever, but you know, you have an extra person who knows, you know, what you can, what you can possibly be going through right now and, and having that background as a student athlete, I kind of know, you can kind of see the signs of mm, something's not right. Or, you know, I can say, Hey, are you okay? And, yeah, I'm fine. No, no, no. How really are you okay? Uh, not right. really, you know, and, and kind of being able to um, break that barrier because I'm a female um, definitely helps. I definitely try to use it as much as I can, not even for, for that aspect, but just knowing, um, being in a profession where I can say, Hey, you know, this is the weight room. We're going to work hard in here. We're going to, we're going to lift. We're, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, and being strong is beautiful, right? right. Being strong. Right. It doesn't mean bulky. It doesn't mean my veins are popping out of my arms. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything like being strong, being able to lift a heavy weight. It doesn't say anything negative about, you know, what you can do and who you are as you know, a female student athlete, you know, it's okay to be strong. It's okay to express Mm -hmm. your strength. It's okay to be super fast and it's okay to be faster than, 
you know, that guy or stronger than that, it's fine. It doesn't, you know, and having, being able to be very uh, candid and upfront about those conversations, I believe has helped just the overall mindset of the, what the weight room is to the student athletes, the female student athletes specifically that I can come in contact with. Um, and we've all heard it like, I don't want to get too big. Goodness. You know, like <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to wear my tank top and then not, you know, people would be like, Whoa, like, look at your muscle, you know, like, I, and yeah. I get that. I get that. Trust me. I, I get it. Um, but then I tell them like, Hey, you know, you're a female student athlete who happens to be very strong, very, you know, powerful and, you can run, you can do your thing on the field, do your thing on the court. And then, you know, it's, that's just what it is. But that, you know, like being able to have that conversation with some of my student athletes helps because I know that it's, it's not the, um, I know it's not the easiest conversation to have as a male strength coach to have with a female. Um, especially in this time, like it's, it's hard for, for male strength coaches that, um, have female student athletes when it comes to that type of conversation. So I, I try to use that um, that similarity and that commonality that we have um, to be able to break some of those barriers and have those conversations and be very real in those. So I definitely use it to my to my advantage um, when it comes to my female student athletes. Oh yeah. And s- side note: if there's a female athlete out there and you got a guy that's uh, low-key insecure that you're stronger and faster than him that's his problem that is not your problem he has to deal with that and fight with that so whatever you're doing and you're better at him than that is his problem and not yours but um i love it uh i want to hit on um this is actually one of the questions i have up here too is um because one of my athletes asked me this question is when it comes to male and female athletes, um, their main concern was the standard isn't the same. And it, it kind of, um, hold on, hold on. Yeah. It went, it went along the lines with, uh, why is it that, you know, male athletes are able to, you know, post videos and photos with their, you know, shirt off and stuff like that. And then, uh, it's pretty much expressing themselves. And then when a female athlete does it, they kind of get, um, it's frowned upon, you know, either their coach or somebody on admin or whoever tells them, you know, that's, you're revealing too much. Uh, you need to take that down or whatever, you know, next time, you know, ask us before you want to post something like that. Like they're, they're saying that there's a uh, double standard going on when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, and, and I truly believe um, just breaking it down even further. Um I think it's about our society and just plain and simply, right? Mm-hmm. So what do, what are our opinions and thoughts and what does society say or what does the world say? Like, Hey, this is, this is okay. And this is not. Um, mm-hmm. And then what we're feeding ourselves, like, you know, you go on the Insta, Instagram and the Snapchats and all those, you know, um, platforms, right? And mm-hmm. what are what are they telling us? What are they telling females is okay? What are they telling females is um, that? What are they telling the females like? Okay, you can post this, but you can't post that. You should look like this, and if you look like if you don't look like this, don't post, right? Um, right. But for I think the difference is is females is a little different as far as um, 
the just the whole kind of concept around our, our bodies um, and what what people tell us we can and cannot do when expressing what our body looks like or whatever. So for guys, I feel like, you know, since when you're a little kid and you want to run out, run around with your shirt off, like that's fine. Oh, that's, you know, that's okay and everything. And then you have a little kid that has like, little, you know, a little girl has a little bikini on. Oh, that's it's cute, whatever. But then after a while you hit a certain age and it's like, mm, it's not so cute anymore. Like, you know, or, or people have opinions they want to force upon you um telling you what's okay and what's not but then it doesn't matter for you know you'll see that a lot with the guys it's just like oh he just has a shirt off whatever so that that kind of spills into our thoughts and our opinions on what's right and what's wrong what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and I, I do believe there's a bit of a double standard um when it comes to that but I think that's just kind of what we what we allow ourselves to kind of um believe is true believe is right and wrong um, and what we accept from society or what they say we should look like, what we should do, what a female student athlete should um, look like, what she should say on her social media when it compares to men. And, you know, hopefully that's changing. Um, and I'm seeing a lot more of that changing, just female female student athletes posting and saying, you know, this is me. And I know people say I shouldn't, but, you know, um, this is who I am and, and the guys get to do it, so I'm gonna do it too, and kind of express themselves in that way. And um, and I think, yeah. So I, I think I think it kind of goes deeper than just you know student athletes as well. I think that's just for society in general. You know what we choose to yeah. um, allow ourselves to think is right and wrong, put on by someone who has no idea what we do, who we're about, um, and all that. So it's a good one, though. That's a good question. Right, yeah. Oh yeah, like when when I got asked that question, I was like, um, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask that question. I'm gonna, give you, I'm, I'm gonna ask that question, but whew, I was like, that's a good question. Like, but it's, it's crazy seeing that you know. Well, for one, I was uh, honored that I was asked that question that they trust me enough to you know asked me that question and uh mm-hmm. when pretty much i'm gonna tell you what i told them i was just like to be honest you know society right now especially with all these people who are insecure everything's over sexualized and stuff like that is mainly because they can't control their own emotions they can't they have their yeah. opinion and they want to force it upon you because they can't mm-hmm. control themselves and i was like that's that's like like homeboy that's jealous of uh home girl that can run fast or lift heavy or whatever like that's his own insecurity that he has to deal with with himself. And he's just right. trying to force upon you these these barriers because he want he doesn't want you to or I can't say he, but you know what I'm saying. But like yeah, they don't right. want you to to show off what you've worked for because I am a firm believer in, you know, you work for it and you can show it off. Like oh, yeah. you won a championship, you got the ring, you got the trophy. And I can't I can't post it on social media, you know, I I work for these abs. I work for these muscles. You know, I, I maxed out on this and I can't show it because our society says that, you know, women can't be strong like this. Like, mm-hmm. you, yeah, nah, like that's not fair to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you hit it right on the head there. I think um, with the insecurities part, like even, even when we're in situations that maybe um, I don't think people will allow 
um, allow themselves to be okay with what other people do. So like, you know, the simple fact of that might be okay for her to do, but maybe I don't feel comfortable doing, which is totally fine. But I think the, the thought process is a little switched, like, whoa, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Or somebody told me I couldn't do that. I can't post that. So I'm going to make sure they know, you know, my opinion about it, or I'm going to make sure they know what somebody else told me about being able to post that, say that, show that. Um, so I, I totally agree with the insecurities part and, and what, um, how often we put our own insecurities on other people, um, which then in turn becomes their insecurity. And then it's just a dangerous cycle that we can, we can be in um, as we're talking to other people, talking to peers, talking to people that look up to us and, you know, that dangerous cycle can just um, keep evolving. So, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head with the, the insecurities part. Yeah, that that's just one of the things that, you know, I feel like as a society, we just need to understand that, you know, you have to accept people for who they are and stuff. Obviously, obviously if a person is doing, you know, some back crazy, you know, wrong stuff, call that person out. But like when it comes to, you know, um, body image and stuff like that, like if the person ain't going, you know, posting, you know, straight butt naked stuff and like they're just showing, you know, I work hard for six months, you know, I, I was eating properly. I was, you know, doing this, that, and the other. This is, you know, why I started. This is why I finished. You know, I'm comfortable with my body, X, Y, and Z, or not even, I I didn't work out, but I'm comfortable with my body mm-hmm. the way it is. They should be yeah. able to do that. And, and, you know, I think uh, we're just in that society of just wanting a, a, um, validation and being accepted all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so sad because, you want to be accepted by people who have very shallow and insecure thoughts in the first place. It's not even worth, you know, trying to get validation for, from those type of people in the first place. And that's what I take personally, especially with dealing with uh, female athletes, is because I do know that they're young and, you know, they, they, they seek leadership to validate X, Y, and Z and stuff like that. And I'm like, you, like, I'm going to validate you when you live, if you're doing something wrong, like, I'm not going to validate and stuff like that. But when it comes to your personal life and stuff like that, that's, it's up to you what you want to do and things like that. Like, don't, don't try to mimic exactly what I do because I'm not perfect. Like, you have to, you know, pick your leaders see what they're doing right and wrong, ask the right questions and just pave your own way. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to, you know, mirror, especially with social media and everything, mirror what they see somebody else doing, not knowing like they're just doing it to get validation in the same, um, same way you're trying to, they got somebody they're looking at who probably got somebody they're looking at and yes. it just keeps going on. And I'm just like, we, you got to find, self-worth within yourself and then just go throughout life doing the things that you know is right and doing things the way you want things to be done for yourself but like when you try to you know get validation from somebody else because you did the same thing they did like it's so confusing like i'm just like why do it in the first place like you're not doing it for yourself like there's no way in the world like I bought this car because somebody else bought the same exact car. What? Mm-hmm. No. Like, 
I drive 40 minutes every day. I need a gas efficient car. I'm not going to get this Humvee my homeboy got. Like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, it's right. not going to help me out. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, and make a good point, too. Uh, and it's funny, I was just discussing this with a, a few student athletes yesterday is um, the cycle is never ending if you are constantly seeking approval from other people who are also seeking approval from another person, and then the cycle continues, right? So, you know, if, if, if I'm always changing what I'm wearing so I can um, I can look like this other person and they're always changing because they want to look, you know, it's it's a never-ending cycle, and then you find yourself trying to find right. approval and maybe even your own identity in another person. Um, and then on top mm-hmm. of that might be, be a facade, right? You know, on Instagram, we have the glamorous yep. pics and our best three pictures out of the 51 that we took, you know, but... Um, and that's just the outside look, that's just us outside looking in, you know, we don't really know what that person is going through, what, you know, what they're finding, um, satisfaction and, and approval in. So you're fighting, you're fighting a dangerous uh, battle when you're trying to kind of go and, and try to be approved by someone else who doesn't truly know what they want, who they are, what they want in a life and, then it's just kind of that dangerous cycle like I was talking about before. So I think you you hit it on the head for sure with with that piece. That was good. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's just, you know, being a coach, you just – you're very observant to things. So, like, I see athletes like, you know, it says, you know, 175 on the sheet. They see, you know, their partner two racks down, got 185 up there. Uh, he's doing it. I could do 185. No, 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 no. This is your sheet for you. Like, right. It says 175. You're doing 175. Buddy got 185 because he, he's further along than you or he's stronger than you, whatever. And I think that's the hard part for a lot of people to, you know, actually like comprehend is like I'm at where I'm at currently and that person's at where they're at currently. Like we're at two totally different training ages. Like mm-hmm. I'm here, this person's here. The reason why they're there is because they do they did the things I'm doing now when they were a freshman or whatever. So I need to, you know, follow the same course, do my own thing, do what you know it says on the sheet. And mm-hmm. that same principle should apply in their own personal lives. Like buddy, buddy's, you know, 35 years old and he has a Ferrari and I'm 27. I'm not trying to get a Ferrari right now. Like I need to make money. I need to make Ferrari money first before I even think about trying to get a Ferrari. Right. And to right, be honest, exactly. I'm not a Ferrari guy. So like, why am I even concerned about buddy with a Ferrari? You know, I like the Ford <laughs> F-150 blacked out. Like <laughs> that's my car. So right. why am I, right. you know, uh, uh, comparing myself to that person? And uh, I, I talked to somebody last week and they said something that just, it, it hit me like, comparison is deep of joy. And I was just like, man, that's true. Mm. Like you're comparing mm. yourself to someone who's not even in the same, you know, phase of life that you're in. So like mm. we have to understand that. And we as coaches need to help our athletes understand that not only in the, you know, training and strength condition environment, but also life too. Yeah. That's good. I love that. That's good. Yeah. All right. Last question. Came from an athlete. What is your take on punishment in the running running as punishment? What do 
what is your take on that? I, I got a few athletes that asked me that. One person, you know, was just like, look, like, I'm a track athlete. My punishment is running. I'm a football athlete. My punishment is running. Why is running the punishment? I hate running. Um, well, I think, I think, I mean, to be completely honest, I think it's, it was, uh, probably the old, older way of doing things. Right. So we know that unless you're a track athlete or a cross country athlete, running isn't, doesn't really fulfill you. It's not really something you go out and you do just for fun. Um, for most of our athletes, I would say, um, so I, I, you know, when somebody does something wrong, team gets in trouble, athlete gets in trouble, what's something that they don't like to do that they will remember before they do another mistake next time and that maybe can actually add some benefit to their performance. Let's just put them on the line, right? So kind of trying to get three yeah. birds in one – or hit three in one in with one uh, stone. But um, so I think that that was the piece. That's probably, you know, why it exists. Um, as far as my take on it, I mean, I think it's pretty outdated. Um, I think there's so many different more avenues to go through. Um, if, if someone needs to, um, go through or, or be able to, uh, have quote unquote punishment or root the consequences of their actions. Right. So there's so many different avenues we can go through. They miss study hall okay, well, maybe we should make something else more academically um, centered rather than just, okay, on the line, you know, or whatever that is, that specific um, act that was wrong, whatever it was, kind of geared it more towards there. There's so many different ways we can go about it, but I think it's outdated. Like now, you know, we have, oh, you know, you're in the middle of basketball practice and you guys don't make a drill or you don't succeed in a drill and it's like all right down and back like that's different but um but as far as like hey you know everybody got caught going out when they shouldn't have been we're all going like about five o'clock and run some stadiums until until seven like yeah that's that's a little excessive a little outdated um so that's my opinion on it i think there's way more um there's such a variety of different things we can do to one allow the student athlete to learn from their mistake two um, be able to remember it enough where it's like, oh, I'm going to think twice before I do this again or do something like this again. And then three, just, you know, right. instead of saying, oh, but, you know, they'll get more conditioned out of it. All right, well, how about let's just, um, is there a way that we can develop a, a better leader or a better teammate or a better um, person right. that is going to help this culture, um, culture of this team, not now, but in three years? Like, can we, can we kind of add to their, um, to them rather than just saying, Oh, it's all about, you know, their condition level or their fitness level. So that's, that's my take on it. Oh yeah. I, I definitely agree with that too. Um, I'm a, I'm a type of person that, uh, I will probably have them do some sort of cleaning and, you know, yeah. here we, um, uh, guys are, you know, big on just all our athletes overall, except for volleyball, volleyball for some reason, why, I, I asked them to clean something up. They're on it like white on rice. I, I thought that was going to be a punishment, but now I have to, you know, readjust and reassess my punishment for them. But for the most part, everybody else, man, like when I say, you know, oh, you were late, grab, you know, grab the spray, start spraying stuff down. Like I take that 
that time out of their warm up. Like, mm-hmm. and I really want them, to, you know, get that elbow grease going more than anything. <laughs> Let them know, like, you know, there's a lot to go into our profession. And like here at Alcorn, it was only me and another strength coach. So like, and we got a decent sized weight room. So you can imagine like cleaning this place is a job in itself. Right. So when they come in, like a lot of athletes who I punish that did cleaning, when they came in, they saw stuff clean. They realized like either I cleaned that and it stayed clean or these coaches cleaned it. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, like you didn't notice it until you got punished. Like that thing is always sparkling clean. Now that bitch is clean almost every day. That one time you cleaned it, like if somebody else cleaning it and it's not somebody that got in trouble every day, like it's these two coaches that you see every day that does that. And right. it makes them realize, like, you know, it builds their character and it makes them realize and be more observant to their surrounding and be like, yo, like, you, you, you know, you, LeBron James, that chalk, man, like, clean that up. Instead of, you know, <laughs> me or Coach Maddox having to be like, yo, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Like, you know, it, it, it builds that, you know, culture with not only, you know, uh, the the strength and conditioning, but overall, like, you know, some guys calling guys out for, you know, dropping trash in the parking lot. Like, that's what we're trying to develop is just not only, you know, good athletes, but also uh, just good human beings to mm-hmm. each other, you know? Yeah. And uh, with the, the whole, you know, I'm going to run you to the ground type stuff, I was like, man, like, once you get an athlete that likes to run, like, and you do a punishment of running, like what does that do? Like, right, right. Like, all right, like this, 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 this nothing. And having, having, you know, something more geared towards why they're getting punished in the first place. Like, I'm definitely taking that down because that was that's something I didn't even think about. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah I don't I, like I academics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, no. And I, I know these these student athletes are like even with the now that they're all on Zoom. Like, they mm-hmm. probably hate staring at their computer. They probably hate going oh, yeah. to study hall and doing work on the computer because that's all it is now. So, um, yeah, like, even the cleaning piece, that's what we've kind of incorporated here, too, as well, is even more so with, you know, all the cleaning we have to do, the extra cleanings that we have to do with COVID and, mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. able to be super safe for our athletes in the weight room. Like, hey, let's, you know, clean this. but We're not going to just, like, spray it. Like we have to clean it, clean the barbells and clean the plates and actually physically wipe everything down because everything's um, needs elevated care. Now that we have our student athletes Mm -hmm. in the weight room, you know, 200 or so athletes always walking through there each day. Like, yeah, you're, you're helping, you know, at the same time they're, they're doing their punishment, but they're also helping the student athletes, you know, and they're also kind of being able to, like you said, appreciate, you know, what, what we're going through, the the hoops we have to jump through to make sure that we can keep, um, keep the, the weight rooms uh, safe, clean and keep the student athletes in the weight room, you know, um, at all. Cause you know, some teams, some places aren't doing anything. Um, and more, you know, nonetheless going in there and having 200 athletes in one area. Right. So, um, right. it's a lot of lessons you can get in with just simply cleaning. So we definitely, uh, we definitely do that here as well. Oh yeah. And you, you, you can tell who, who the kids are, who cleans at home, who don't clean at home. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, man, didn't I tell you to go clean that? Yeah. I'll wipe that down. 
Man, go clean that, man. That is not clean. Oh man. Oh yeah. I got I got conversations with parents all day when it comes to stuff like that. I'm like, like, does so and so clean at home? Oh, I can tell he can't clean at home. I can tell. I had buddy wipe wipe with some chalk, and he just took a a, a dry rag, and just went over there and just wiped it. And I'm like, yo, like, no, you can't do that, man. Damp that thing up, man. Right. Right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you can definitely tell oh who's, God, who's clean please. before and who hasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, that's definitely eye-opener. <laughs> but um, before before we get done, um, final question I got for you is, what is something that you want to tell people that's listening right now? Like, something that you feel as if people need to hear? Oh, man. Um, I think right now and just with, you know, our, our climate and athletics and different teams and just around the country, I think um, one thing that I would love to share is just um, for people to stay encouraged and to, to stay positive. Uh, for me, one of the things I'm, I'm seeing with my student athletes specific is, you know, for us not having a fall season at all and hopefully basketball being the first sport that comes, but, you know, at least for my, my teams, um, them kind of being able to stay positive, stay, you know, um, keeping their mindset fresh, keeping the, the goal in mind, um, knowing that they will probably will have an opportunity to play in spring, hopefully if all goes well. And um, I've just seen kind of this, the energy sucked out of people and, you know, all of, especially for, for our school or our university, like our support staff and, you know, just getting, giving their all, but not really seeing any huge change or, or anything and not really truly being able to see the end goal. Um, I think I just want to encourage people, stay positive, keep working hard. It's, it's not in vain because, you know, we all at the end of the day want to see our student athletes have the best experience they can. And we want to see them on the field, on the court, in the pool. And we want to see them, um, you know, all the work they've done up to this point, we want to be able to see it come out in, in their, through their uh, performance. So, um, I'm just seeing a lot of, of people just struggling to, to really go day to day. Um, staff, athletes, mm-hmm. students, you know, even it's, it's tough having hybrid classes and not really being able to interact with people as much as you would. So I think uh, I, the one thing that I would have to share is just to stay encouraged, stay uplifted, stay positive, and um, just being, be super hopeful um, that, uh, that we will all be able to kind of compete and be on the field again with each other, competing against each other, and um, and that we will just be able to kind of once again come together um, after this whole COVID thing blows over and, and we, uh, we get back to our quote-unquote normal lives. But um, just to stay encouraged, that's, that's one thing that I think um, someone needs to hear, whoever's listening to this, um, they, need to, they need to hear that for sure. Oh yeah, I love that for sure. You gotta stay positive. Got to. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you for being up here. Um, before we go, um, you want to drop your uh, contact information, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Snapchat, your <laughs> Facebook, all that stuff. Whatever you want to, you know, drop for the people to get in contact yeah. with you. Yeah. So, um, pretty easily uh, contact me by my email. So that's Tabron T A Y B R O N. C B 
at longwood.edu. Um, I'm on the website as well. If you just type in Longwood Athletics and um, type in my first name, Courtney, you should I should pop up. Um, Instagram, I believe it's Courtney underscore Tabron. Um, and I don't think I'm private anymore, so you should be able to add me if you want. And then I think my Twitter is C 96 I believe. Um, so feel free to contact me in, on any of those platforms, and um, I'd be happy to connect and, and just uh, be able to talk to somebody else, somebody other than just the people that I'm around. So feel free to contact me on any of those. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you uh, letting me come up here and speak with you and connect, and I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you for being up here, especially, you know, with all this stuff going on. I'm pretty sure you guys are busy. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. Everything's um, rolling pretty heavy right now, but we're thankful. You know, we're being super, super thankful that we can even have our student athletes um, here on campus and training and, and being able to see them. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're getting it done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're doing way better than me. I, we can't even train our athletes right now, so I'm just living a lonely life. Ah, uh, I, f- I feel for you. I feel like yeah. that's that's uh, that's what we we I was really um, I was kind of scared of, but you know, uh, that's and that's what I have to tell my athletes to remind them too. You know, like there's some schools still not able to train.